while police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. My guest today, Andrea Miller. Welcome, Andrea. How are you? I am fine, Marcello. It is so great to get an opportunity to join you on the air again. It's my pleasure, let me tell you. And some background of Andrea Miller. She's the founder of People Demanding Action. That's PeopleDemandingAction.org, if you want to check that out. She was the Democratic nominee in 2008 for the House of Representatives in the Virginia 4th District. And she ran on, in 2008, Medicare for All and Clean Energy. Andrea was endorsed, by the way, uh, by the California Nurses and the Sierra Club in her congressional campaign. Andrea also worked for Congressman Dennis Kucinich's uh, campaign. Prior to that, Andrea worked with MoveOn.org as its regional coordinator for Central, Southwest, and Hampton Roads areas of Virginia and West Virginia. Again, welcome Andrea Miller to our show. And again, thank you, Marcello. It is always a delight. Same here. It really is. Well, we're going to get right to it because there are a lot of things I want to catch up on with Andrea. Andrea is a real supporter of all of the people all of the time. And I think top of our list now, just because the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has just recently announced a December 5th deadline, if you will, for the protest at the Dakota Access Pipeline. And I want to talk about that, but first I want to I want to ask you something, and I, and I do this with all my guests, but it's, there are things we hear all the time and we think we know what they are. And one of those things is the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. So I want to ask, uh, I mean, I, I know what that is, and, and yes, on the face of it, it says what it is, but I'd like us to explain it a little bit and why they're involved with the Dakota Access Pipeline and the Native Americans protesting there. And also, are they not connected with the um, flooding damage as a result of uh, the Katrina hurricane? Engineers has a rather broad mandate in that 
government lands and Indian lands or Native American lands are really interesting in that they are government lands because so much of it really is controlled through the Department of the Interior, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. There's all of this sort of morass of government agencies that get involved. Um, Reservations and Indians who live on reservations are, quote, guests of the federal government, although the treaties basically say that it is Indian land. So imagine, Marcello, if you will, you are, quote, renting um, a property and the landlord constantly comes into your property without your permission Mm. doing things where you have said, no, don't do that. Yes. So this is basically the situation that has been going on literally since the treaties were signed with the Indian lands. And again, because there is federal control, the Army Corps of Engineers would be called in to do surveys to verify where boundaries are between the end of the government land and the beginning of private land. They would also be called upon to do studies as it relates to water. They are also called upon when we have disasters like Katrina mm-hmm. to take a look and figure out are the seawalls or whatever we might have put in place to block flooding, are they still in good condition or will they be in need of repair? And if they are going to be in need of repair, the Army Corps of Engineers would normally be responsible for overseeing those repairs. So whenever we are talking about water, and almost all water in America at some point passes through federal lands. Mm. Normally, the Army Corps of Engineers is going to be involved, and one of the things they are going to look at for the federal government is whatever people are proposing to do, does it pose any threat to the water supply? So then, if the the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is telling the uh, Dakota uh, protesters that they have to get out by December fifth, vacate the area, is the is the implication that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is saying there is no problem with the water from the pipeline? Not really. Yeah. What? Yes. Again, remember, so much of government functions in a knee-jerk reaction. Um, The knee will jerk if someone gives them a lot of money. The knee will Mm. also jerk if there is a tremendous amount of public outcry. This is going to be um, an historic situation, what is occurring, because the Army Corps of Engineers is on Indian land. They are 
yes. But that is inhumane. They have no right to tell the Indians who can or cannot come onto that land. So they are on not only regular Native American or Indian land, they are in sacred territory. Yes. So this is overreach. It is illegal. It is treaty breaking. It is, and also there is current outstanding lawsuit where the tribes have basically sued the federal government saying every treaty you have with us basically says if you want to come on our land and you want to do something such as build a pipeline, you must have meaningful dialogue and discussion with us. You don't get to just show up on our land and announce you're going to build a pipeline. doesn't work that way, and that's basically what they did with the Dakota Access Pipeline. The people in Bismarck, North Dakota, who are white, objected to the pipeline mm. because pipelines leak, pipelines break, pipelines burst, and they said, this is really a threat to our water. So they rerouted it away from the city of Bismarck down into Indian country. So again, now we're looking at a very racist kind of situation mm. going at, all right, we don't want to possibly um, have a negative impact on water for the nice white people, mm-hmm. but Indians act their Indians doesn't matter. They get everybody, every living thing needs water, and every living thing needs clean, drinkable water. Yes. And the problem with tar stands oil is all oil, number one, is dirty. Tar sands oil is among the dirtiest oil products that we could ever want to deal with. And it's, uh, you know, it's history repeating itself. Uh, really, it's, you, treaties broken. A simple lease, as you pointed out, a lease between a landlord and a tenant. I am a landlord. And I can't walk into my tenant's home without asking and making an appointment. I can't even send the maintenance people there by the lease unless she she requests, you know, and then I we arrange an appointment to be there. It's just a, a look at our history of doing this kind of thing, particularly to Native Americans and other people of color. And here we are, we're going to spare. I think you and I have talked before about various um, climate injustice producing structures being put in poorer neighborhoods as opposed to wealthy neighborhoods. We're going to to stay on uh, the subject of clean water, but we are going to switch a bit. Before we do, though, I'd like to ask what is or how is the people demanding action, action responding to this threat to, uh, by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers against the protesters of the Dakota Access Pipeline. What what can what are you doing and what can we do? Well, one of the things that we can do is, as everyone knows, President Obama can basically stop the pipeline in its track yes. by saying, I'm going to rescind the permit, just like he did with Keystone. Mm. If the president says the permit is no good, this stops the pipeline. Even when the president said, okay, the Army Corps of Engineers is really going to need to go and they're going to need to do a, quote, better study and really look at what's going on, Energy Transfer Partners has continued to build the pipeline. Mm. They never stopped. 
business and corporation partnering with the government in, uh, to impose a will and break treaties. That's a terrible thing. But at the core of all of this, I believe, is that this is sacred land. This is holy land. And it is la- and, and the water, the clean water supply, is in danger by the, uh, this proposed and being built uh, Dakota Access Pipeline. So I would like to remind people, because we, we, Americans tend to forget when things are out of the headlines. Another water issue is the Flint water crisis, which still goes on. I know the U.S. Senate has voted for a $150 million appropriation. Uh, I don't know what the House is doing. Can you give us a little about that? And don't worry about how long it takes, because if we have to take a break, we'll take a break and continue on the other side. What is the House up to? What is happening with Flint water as we speak? 
Yes. Now remember when we had the Detroit water shut off? Yes, yes, I do. All right. Well, again, this is all the same people mucking around with people's water. So this was Governor Snyder trying to get ready to sell Detroit water and sewerage. When they originally floated the idea of taking the water from the Flint River, people were like, oh, that is so not a good idea. So Detroit water and sewerage came back with a very aggressive proposal to, quote, all right, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you right there, Andrea. Remember that thought. We'll pick up on the other side. We need to talk more about and remember. Water is an absolute necessity. Clean water and clean air, absolute necessity for all life on Earth. We're going to come right back with what is being done to uh, the people of Flint by their state and what's not coming from the federal government is certainly not the House of Representatives. Stay with me. I'm talking with Andrea Miller. We'll be right back. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. It started in 1993 with pure evil. Three eight-year-old boys found hogtied and butchered in West Memphis, Arkansas. Three teenagers arrested, clearly drunk on sinister music and devil worship, exuding satanic presence. One even confessed. Kill them, cried the community. Guilty, said the police, the prosecutor, the judge. Four documentary films tell of the same horrifying events. Paradise Lost, Child Murders at Robin Hood Hills was the first. A standalone masterpiece that provides incredible insights from every side. The police, the families, the prosecutors, the judge, and the defendants. A simple story no more. Guilt settled. Truth in question. Two sequels update the story. New revelations, new questions. A miscarriage of justice? Likely. Did we need a fourth film? Absolutely. The first tells the hideous tale in real time as it unfolds. With the benefit of hindsight, West of Memphis fills in the rest of the story. The real story. Ultimately, the West Memphis Three were released after 18 years on an Alfred plea, which asserts innocence while acknowledging damning evidence. Face saving for the system and justice for none. Paradise Lost and West of Memphis. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices Talk Radio Show. My guest today, Andrea Miller. We invite you to visit PeopleDemandingAction.org to find out more about Andrea Miller, my guest today, and about what PeopleDemandingAction.org is doing for all of us. We left off talking about what's the latest with the in the Flint water crisis. Flint, Michigan, remember Governor Snyder, uh, Andrea was telling us that the U.S. Uh, Senate has uh, voted in a $150 million appropriation, but these stopgaps is kicking down the, the bucket down the road, as she says, these continuing resolutions are just temporary band-aids at best for a budget. And the House, headed by, as we know, the House Speaker, uh, Paul Ryan, it doesn't seem to be coming forth with uh, assisting the people of Flint, 
Michigan, and you were saying that the Detroit Water Company uh, came back with a, uh, a, a solution that was unacceptable. Just continue with that, if you will, and, and tell us about that, Andrew. Where are we? Well, Detroit Water and Sewerage came back to the city of Flint with a very aggressive proposal that um, it was originally thought would save the city of Flint $4 million over a long term. And the emergency manager of Flint mm. said no. Yes. Now, again, remember... In 2010, we started seeing the city councils and mayors suddenly not having any power and emergency managers being appointed. Yes. We see an emergency manager in Benton Harbor. We see one in Detroit. We see one now in the city of Flint. Mm. These are people who are appointed by Governor Snyder. They're not elected by anybody, yet they ultimately control all the decisions. Mm. And so here is a decision that, no, we are not going to go with a long-term contract with Detroit Water and Sewerage. Because, again, remember, they're trying to make Detroit Water and Sewerage look yes. like it's broke. And if it suddenly gets this nice big new contract, then, gee, maybe it's not as broke as everybody was claiming that it is. Mm. Also, Detroit Water and Sewerage controls one-fifth of the world, not the United States, the world's water supply wow. coming out of Lake Huron. So this is a phenomenal amount of pure, fresh water that's controlled by Detroit Water and Sewerage. And this is the water that residents of Flint had been getting. So they make this very disastrous decision, the emergency manager. No, we're going to just get our water at the local Flint River, and we're going to throw in some chemicals to clean up the river a little bit. Well, those chemicals had a major impact on the old lead pipes mm. in that now it was leaching the lead out of the pipes and into the water. Oh, my God. You know, I... I want to, since you brought up the world, arguably the number one reason all of us need to be concerned with things like the Dakota Access Pipeline and the pro Native American protesters there, like the Flint water, Flint, Michigan water crisis and children and families, uh, adults not being able to drink, wash or cook in Flint water, all of this it seems, again, maybe it's a stretch, but it, when you step back and look at this, when people say, well, Flint, I don't live in Flint. I don't know those people. I'm, I've never been to Dakota, etc." This seems to me to be a global push by people who are not concerned about all of the people so that a takeover of water and uh, of the atmosphere, of the environment, to compromise that for their own personal wealth affects us all if we don't 
stand with local communities that are the front lines of this uh, invasion on natural resources, then one day we're going to wake up and it is in our backyard. What are your thoughts about that, Andrea? True, and again, it also just goes to the short-sightedness of a, the fossil fuel industry. Yes. Um, and a friend of mine said, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can't drink money. Exactly. And when there is no more water, and water is life, then this is kind of a real big problem. Yes. Now, the other thing that we also have to look at is Flint is basically the canary in the coal mine. Mm. Flint is not the only American city that still has lead pipes. Remember, about 14 years ago, the city of Washington, D.C., our nation's yes. capital, yes. went through a very similar situation. Mm. Meaning, every city that has an old part of the city that dates back to the 1800s when they originally started putting in these lead pipes and these areas of the city, if they have remained poor, those pipes have not been updated. Mm. All it takes is for the water company or the sanitation company to inadvertently put in the wrong chemical yes. or too much of one chemical and now we get a chemical reaction of we are leaching lead out of these old lead pipes and it is now in the drinking water. So while we are targeting basically that 170 or $150 million go directly to Flint, they are not the only city yes. with the problem. Exactly. They are the city where the problem has become a crisis. Now also, um, Liz Warren, our communications director, brought this to my attention. I hadn't really thought about it. All the new public buildings that are being constructed, none of them have public drinking fountains anymore. Mm -hmm. um, if you go into these new stadiums, there are no public drinking fountains. They don't allow you to bring in your own water in a reusable, recyclable container. Mm. They are selling you bottled water, which A, they are forcing you to buy water, and B, they are providing the water to you in an environmentally unsound methodology because those plastic water bottles mm. do not integrate their fossil fuels, and they merely clog up our streams, waterways, and landfills. So they've got us coming and going. And they're making money. And as you say, I, I don't know what their plan is, to go to Mars and just desert us. I, I don't know. But I, I, I'm going to change the subject. There's no water on Mars. Exactly. Exactly. Well, they don't seem to be too bright. As Uncle Gino used to say, just because they got the money, don't mean that they got the smarts. Uh, and I, you know, I think about it all the time. But um, I, I do want to switch um, uh, because... 
I want us to think what's next for us as a nation politically. We now are in the midst of um, a recount in Wisconsin uh, and possibly uh, should uh, uh, Jill Stein raise enough money, there will be recounts for the a presidential election in Michigan and Pennsylvania as well, but there is one scheduled now for sure in Wisconsin. I've been asked by many people, who, what does that mean? And, and my answer has been, it's not as simple as you might think, because the whole apparatus of our electoral college and our election system is as difficult to turn as the Titanic, and we know, we should know and remember, and if you're not old enough to know, go look it up, what happened in Bush v. Gore in Florida in 2000. So what if, Andrea, this recount in uh, spreads from Wisconsin to Michigan to Pennsylvania, basically the Rust Belt, and Hillary Clinton has won those states of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania instead of Donald Trump. What happens? Uh, well, possibly when we get done with the lawsuits. Um, well, it, it is a very, very interesting circumstance, meaning that the elections in all three of those states was uh, basically a very close election. Mm. And I think to begin with, Americans, we need to look at how we view elections. And we have all of these computerized machines mm. that people are either voting on or they are counting our votes. Mm. It has become more important, it seems, for us to be able to announce the winner yes. on election night. We want to be quick and wrong mm. rather than ensuring that we are correct in announcing who has really won the election. Yes. Number one, voting machines. Anybody that is voting on a machine, they are not providing you with a paper receipt. Mm -hmm. You're voting on something that is very old technology. Mm -hmm. So I would ask your listeners, how many of them are still using a computer that's 10, 12, 14 years old. Mm. Not a lot, yes. but some of these voting machines are 10, 12, 14 years old. Mm. And they're still in use, and they haven't been updated. So, you know, it's like you are using really, really, really technology, mm. and you are using that as your means to determine the outcome of elections, ergo democracy. Mm. Um, as some of the kids would say, how dumb is that? Yes. Yes. Here's the other issue. The way that these machines count votes, it is not one person, one vote. Mm. It is one person is 100, 100 of a vote. Why do they count that way? Mm. And I'm including the scanners. So even if you've got paper and you're scanning it in, I'm including the scanners. Why do they count that way? Well, they do because part of the code that was written into these machines is the same code that 
24 hours he's been talking about the illegal voters <laughs> and always of course projecting projecting his sins on everyone else but uh, how Mm. 
So what do you do then if you don't have a paper trail? What are you recounting? have to go but what a note and and whose bill is this you say uh, that um representative Hank Johnson so we should be supporting him everyone and also people demanding action.org I would say at the very least we need to have election reform and I also should mention I don't think I did as part of your introduction but you are in an it person you know computers so this is not a a, a, a political opinion uh, only. This is a Andrea Miller is a person who knows and teaches uh, computers. So when she's saying this is too old and therefore this can be hacked and who can hack it, uh, it's it's not just rhetoric. Is, is that fair to say, Andrea? Uh, that is fair to say. Now I want to give your listeners a bill number. Okay. Optimal tools for election. 
Now give us the number again slowly. HR5131. And how do we express our support of that? Well, you could go on www.popvox.com and that's P is in Peter, O P is in Peter, V is in Victor, O X as in xylophone. I know of this. We Yes, we definitely need to talk about that. We may have to have you back on. I know I want you to be on, on my other radio show, but we may have to have you back on this next week, too. Uh, there's so much more to talk about, and mostly, mostly, what must have come out of this conversation, if you have any questions whatsoever, you need to visit peopledemandingaction.org. There are a number of issues there, tons of articles and information, and of course, Andrea Miller is updating that website on a regular basis. What else would you add for us uh, to, that we need to know, Andrea, before we go? Citizenship is a very activist kind of sport. Yes. You must participate not only by voting, but also by paying attention and following what is going on. Andrea Miller, thank you so very much for being on the show. Uh, I've been talking with Andrea Miller. She is the founder of PeopleDemandingAction.org. Get involved is the last message I would like to leave with us. Thank you so very much, Andrea, for being on the show today. Thank you, Martella. Bye now. Stay with us as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Though there were a lot of shenanigans at play that brought on the Great Recession, few doubt that the unregulated boys gone wild attitudes of the financial community were at the core. Margin Call is a star-filled indie production about those shenanigans. Kevin Spacey, Demi Moore, Paul Bettany, Jeremy Irons, and Stanley Tucci 
all play pieces of a machismo investment banking company riding a wave of money until the tide goes out. They undertake all manner of risks, pushing aside as cowards those who warn of an inevitable crash. Who needs risk management when there are fortunes to be made? But when the music stops, will the guilty ones take their lumps bravely or will they deny responsibility no matter the damage to the innocent? This clever and frightening little thriller doesn't pretend to be a fully accurate disclosure of events that led to the actual disaster. It is, however, a dramatic tale set in a selfish world of destruction, the very one that took the world to the brink. Could it help us avoid a repeat of our financial near collapse? That is up to us, and too much to ask of a movie. Meanwhile, Margin Call is an entertaining and frightening nail-biter. Indie Film Minute, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world, rising above those who live above the rest. More than a millennium of potential conflicts of interest for the man who would be global king, there is a definite shift from common sense and human decency to the resurgence of closed minds in open-armed embrace of Hail Trump white supremacy. Indeed, it seems the response of nearly 50% of Americans to economic recovery, cutting unemployment in half, and adding millions of jobs, despite the absence of a jobs bill passed by Congress, is... There are too many corporate regulations and too much cultural change tipping our comfort zone too colorfully into discriminate parity. The term limit, however, on our renewed reversal is up to us. So, like a tornado, shall we launch again our zigzagging journey to the target of rising above that which desires to forever keep us under tow? Change for the better requires compassion and imagination, not hate and ignorance. More trusting in the Good Samaritan within than a K-I-S-S -S political slogan ignoring the devil in the lack of details. Or else we choose to live in the shadow of the greater of two evils. America's victory over foreign terrors is domestic insight. For we the people self-examine and redefine courage every moment we offer to listen, to assist, to value, and to vote, one for all and all for one. Our mission now? Get over feeling sorry for ourselves and answer the history-making call to action. Carry on, beyond future-fearing conservative minds mired in the tomfoolery that anyone's gain must be at the detriment of their glittering fool's gold. Knowing freedom's greatest gift is voting for rather than against each other, we will progress forever forward, at liberty to be both vigilant and valiant in every endeavor. Those casting their lot with the great deceiver have thrown their self-centered gauntlet at the feet of democracy, challenging our emancipation to rise up and lead the way out of the darkness of despair, violence, and repression into the light of strength in America's sweeping embrace of equality, freedom, and justice for all, without exception. For this is the essence of civics and foundation of patriotic citizenship. 
with pride and gratitude joined stronger together than ever by a need for mutual respect and civility let us reset our national vision balance our scales of justice and with our eyes reopened flood our institutions and assumptions with vision revitalized the power of uplifting one another and forgiving ourselves for past trespasses without repeating them yes of course recount but with malice toward none is our only true choice for overcoming any rigging of america's commitments to out of many one from gossip around the pork barrel and over the backyard fences to shots taken on social media heard round the world some of us have followed the lead of preached misperceptions of and the winner is there is no victory for those who profit from mass incarceration of people of any color and no defeat for those who continue to stand in solidarity with standing rock and against the murder of police the erosion of our planet and the oppression of our differences it would be naive to expect life's fear of making the difference by being exceptionally different could turn on one singular eight-year term of a biracial adroit gentleman of magnanimous constitutional scholarship marital loyalty and historic vision was it ever thus our lesson those who choose to rise above those who cast themselves as living above the rest of us hear the whispering voice within roaring anew seize the day only the self-defeated fail to ascertain collective angry choices result in individual losses believing in a self-serving pied piper denies this truth vengeance not left to a higher power becomes a devastating boomerang for gullible arrogant mortals character is our measure and all are defined by the company we keep and shall be eternally judged by the actions our words in sight join us become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world thank you thank you for continuing to listen to support and share the reasonable voice blog talk radio with family and friends especially online we enjoy hearing from you and in response yes we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors so please do continue to email us at the reasonable voice at gmail.com however if you prefer to simply make a donation your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through paypal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the reasonable voice com website thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible we hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts i'm marcello rolando the reasonable voice hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world